0: Hello and welcome to Dice Like Ice, episode thirty-two and a half, the Spooptacular Three Dream Warriors. I'm your host Tony Acton, and with me, as always, the Count Chocula to my Frankenberry, Andrew Mitchell.
1: Oh, okay. I'm 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 down for some some seasonal uh, cereal. I haven't had either of those in they ages. Still,
0: surely they still make them,
1: right? They, they definitely at least make Count Chocula because yeah. I, I see him every year. I go Halloween to Kroger or something. Oh,
0: Andrew, I've got an idea for our Spooktacular episode. Instead of doing the games like we were going to, let's on the fly Halloween foods.
1: Oh, <laughs> Next year. Uh, pumpkin spice latte. Fuck my air white girl. I, Your bug I mean, boots I, are showing. I do like a good pumpkin spice latte. I mean, and... it's just... You know, cinnamon, nutmeg, ginger. It's all good spices.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's chai tea with extra bullshit in it.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's deeply overblown at this point. Like, yeah. it's it's become a meme, but, like, it's a good drink. There's a reason people like it fair enough man
0: speaking of good drinks how oh, about oh, our oh, sponsor oh, tony oh, i got it i got it we're
1: good <laughs> transition today well, I, we I are set, sponsored i
0: set you well up for that and
1: i just was not ready for it <laughs> today we are sponsored as always by grip and rip oh no the cap there oh, oh, there it goes ooh, ooh. that was some good clacking in the background i heard that that's well i i I did that thing where I popped the top, but it only like came halfway up and like started to make a V shape. So I kind of had to wiggle it around. It's, yeah, yeah. It wasn't yeah. It wasn't elegant.
0: It's okay. Uh, what you drinking, Andrew?
1: All, All right. I think this was actually on a couple of episodes ago. I don't necessarily remember though. Southern Tier Brewing's Warlock Imperial Pumpkin Stout. I I think this one's a. That was
0: last episode.
1: It might have been. It's been like a month and a half since we recorded. What it no, has It's uh, been about a month and a half we recorded well, like right after nova
0: fuck we gotta get better about this well we've been busy it's, it's almost like both of our lives are fucking insane right now yeah right
1: but, hey but
0: we, oh yeah you know let's continue this then we'll do the butt andrew what you drinking
1: yes RDS i was about to say now. we we have to make time for the spectacular, no matter we what. do we do Anyway, what are you drinking, Tony? Well, I too went with a seasonal one, but I didn't go with a
0: spooky seasonal. I went with a German seasonal. I got oh. the Terrapin Oktoberfest. I don't know what accent Fest. that was, but I don't think it was German.
1: Yeah, it was It was not very German.
0: Yeah, I don't know what it was. But uh, the cans has Lederhosen on it, so, you know, hopefully it doesn't taste like it. <laughs> <laughs> what does Lederhosen taste like? Probably not this, because it's a uh, pretty nice one.
1: What a review. It tastes like Lederhosen. (laughs) Oh, God.
0: I'm actually, honestly, this is one that I'm not a super huge fan of. No? Yeah. It's
1: it's just... What what kind of ale is it?
0: It's a German Marzen.
1: Okay. Those are usually pretty okay, so maybe maybe Terrapin's just not the best at making that.
0: I taste more can than beer. Like, it's not like it's a bad beer, it just has that, hey, this has definitely been in a can sort of flavor. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: I hate that. Speaking of, the fucking... uh, The Southern Tier Brewing... I I got the multi-pack last time where I had um, a Warlock and I got uh, Imperial Pumpkin Ale. And one of them was a Caramel Apple. That thing, I legitimately could not drink more than a sip of it. It tasted like fucking metal. I don't know if it was the flavoring Mm. of the Caramel Apple or if they had like some kind of industrial issue with the the, the bottling machine or something. But I took a sip and it's just like, no, that just tastes like iron. I... That's not good. (laughs) Immediately poured it down the sink. Yeah, that's disappointing. (laughs) Yeah, which, you know, you're you're always rolling the dice when it comes to a a goofy flavored beer like that. Just didn't expect... Just didn't expect, uh, I don't know, industrial lubricating lubricating fluid.
0: Uh, That's a Mechanicus drink right there.
1: Beep, boop. Let's go fuck a toaster. Yeah, right.
0: Oh, man. But yeah, so, everyone, sorry it has been a little bit since we've gotten an episode out, but we have a full special episode next that we're recording tomorrow oddly we are interviewing steve from baron of dice we're interviewing the baron himself so that will be super fucking cool uh learn a little about a little bit about his process his business and uh he's just an overall pretty cool guy so really looking forward to recording that
1: one yeah tony had to uh mail him a microphone because he doesn't have a microphone (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah which that should have arrived today but i'm very worried because it says it's just label created but like Ooh. i literally watched the dude stick the label on it and put it in the shipping bin
1: Ooh, I, I always hate when the tracking's like probably doing its thing but the yeah. computer hasn't updated enough yeah yeah i fucking usps man uh-huh. i mean
0: it's getting to the time of the year where they're, where they're just getting absolutely fucking rolled so
1: oh yeah the holidays are always terrible like typically at least my local USPS is usually pretty on the spot. But uh, yeah, holidays, you expect at least two days delayed on everything. Mm-hmm. But anyway, speaking of holidays, it's Halloween, Tony. Spectacular! It, it, it is
0: the Halloween times. Oh, yeah, so this year we're going to be talking about our favorite spooby video games, uh, specifically ones that we've played and enjoy. There are some other ones that we both have talked about that we want to play, uh, we will mention those, but we won't be able to really talk talk about them. Yeah. So, uh, Andrew, as always, I invite you to go first with one of your spoops off the list.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to come out swinging with uh, one of my favorite spoopy games. So before I start, um, I put all of my spoopy games into two categories, uh, actually kind of scary and just the vibes, because sometimes you get a game yeah. that's like just pure Halloween vibes and then some that's actually like pants-shadingly terrifying. Um Tends to be fairly hard to scare me, but some of them do occasionally give me a nice sense of dread. So you know that's what you should get from a good horror game. So we are starting off strong in that camp with Alien Isolation.
0: Yep, that was on my list too. That
1: was that's good. why I, I had a feeling it would be, which is why I got to it first. Yeah. So Alien Isolation. It was a game that came out in uh, twenty fourteen from Creative Assembly, which is the guys who made uh, the Total War games, which. Uh, wild fucking heel turn in terms of video game creation we go from this massive uh turn-based strategy game slash real-time strategy game and go into a first-person horror game two seconds <laughs> yeah there we go Ugh, that was not a good burp that was just kind of a bad yeah, one that
0: was uh that sounded, rough, bud.
1: that sounded kind of unwell anyway uh but this one, uh, just fucking. The, the level of detail that they put into the game is indicative of the level of detail that they put into their Total War games. Like, uh, apparently, 20th Century Fox gave them access to everything like all of the schematics all of the original blueprints all of the uh, concept art the surviving props and set pieces they gave them everything to base the game on like gave them essentially carte blanche to just do what they needed to do to make a good game uh and they also had a, a philosophy going into it where if they added anything new to the setting it would have to be something that could feasibly have been built at the time that the movie was made so no wild that. Yeah, so no wild out there, like, additions to the setting where it's like, oh, we got fucking, you know, plasma guns and crazy shit, which is not impossible, but just not something that they did. So, uh, as they're building it, they make everything look, like, fucking perfect. It looks exactly like the movies. It is... Incredible the level of detail they achieved. The sound design is amazing. The set design is amazing. Everything feels perfectly lived in. They still have the uh, green-on-black text computers for everything, like your handheld devices that you use in the game are all absolutely feel like something that would be in the movies. I should probably give the premise of the game though. Uh, It's set 15 years (laughs) after the first movie. Completely ignores Aliens, all that. This is just like a hard sequel to Alien, specifically, 1979. Uh, You play as Amanda Ripley, Ellen Ripley's daughter, last survivor of the Nostromo, and it's her quest to figure out what the fuck happened to her mom Uh, and she gets uh, this is all the first cutscene so I'm not spoiling much. Uh, She gets a message from uh, Weyland-Yutani, one of their androids, comes to find her at the place that she's working and they're like hey we found like the sos buoy from the nostromo with a message from your mom can't uh, transfer the data so we have to go to the space station where they found it turns out the space station's gone fucking crazy and there's an alien on it who would have thought um so the first the first hour of this game is getting to the space station and then shit gets wild and just the fucking tension of you being on this what feels like abandoned space station. There's creepy noises everywhere like the pipes overhead are hissing. Is it an alien? Is it just pipes? You don't know but they definitely use the same fucking sound effect to really good effect throughout the game Mm -hmm. when the alien's not actually there. So you're creeping through this what seems like abandoned station eventually you run into other survivors and stuff and then the fucking murder beast itself shows up and you have to spend the next 15 some odd hours just surrounding surviving against this creature while trying to get both the message from your mom and off the fucking station alive uh and it is amazing the atmosphere is incredible Uh, again with the sound design it's it's so fucking tense it is the best game of hide and seek i have ever played the ai for the alien is on the whole pretty awesome every now and again it'll bug out but typically it responds super well to noises you make Uh, it'll eventually learn patterns if you start doing the same thing over and over because you can craft noisemakers and molotovs and flashbangs and stuff to distract it because you can't kill the alien you do get guns in this game but it's the alien one alien which is an indestructible murder machine you cannot stop this beast so
0: nightmares
1: you shoot this motherfucker in the head with your 357 magnum it's just gonna get mad like the only way you can actually stop it when it's charging at you is to blast it in the face with a flamethrower and that Mm -hmm. just makes it run away from for a little bit and sometimes it'll even test that every now and again it'll still take a swipe at you and remove like half your health and then run away so uh it's just this cat and mouse game of trying to avoid the alien um you also get these other enemies called the working joes which are kind of like uh the androids that uh the aliens franchise is typically shown off but they're way less human they're like the cheap yeah. knockoff ones and they have these super creepy rubber masks on and so you have to deal with the working joes who have who fucking knows programming. Sometimes they'll attack you. Sometimes they help you. You just, you really never know with a working Joe, which is a great rhyme. Uh, And so you have to deal with them. They're so artificial. The alien won't attack them. The alien is so bizarre to them. They won't attack it. So you can't even like use them against each other. You have to deal with other survivors on the space station. And it's just, it's so much fun. Literally, my only problem with it is it doesn't know when to end. It's about four hours too long. They yeah. just did not know how to finish that game. But it's it's always on sale now. There's really good DLC with it uh, where you can play as the survivors from the Nostromo. You can essentially play the end of Alien again as Ellen Ripley. There's all these different scenarios where you can try and survive on like these super hard difficulties with crazy limited resources. It is... An absolute blast and is actually really scary for most of the game because the alien is genuinely fucking terrifying. It is fantastic and you can get it for like five dollars. It's great. Highly recommend.
0: There is nothing scarier than seeing that blip on the motion tracker and going, oh god oh, please be a survivor around that corner. I have nothing to do with it if it's a fucking alien around that corner.
1: And you're like, if it's a working <laughs> Joe, I got three bullets so I can at least distract <laughs> it. If it's a human, I can kill it in one shot. If it's the alien, I'm fucking boned because I don't have enough to craft a noisemaker or a Molotov right now. Oh okay.
0: Yeah, that was a... Su- I don't think I ever beat that, actually. I know I, I played it for a bit. because I think it was on Game Pass for a while.
1: I have beaten it, and like I said, it's like four hours too long. It really doesn't know when to end. Um, there's a lot of, like... Oh, we need to go and blow up this reactor and we got to deactivate this thing. Oh, but the aliens over here, but this other group of survivors is coming in. And it's like, guys, just, 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 it's, it's cool. Just sh- shave it down a little bit. You were so close to a perfect game, but it's still totally worth picking up. Like, even if you don't actually beat it, it like just play five or six hours of it. The atmosphere is yes. just fucking immaculate. And if you really want to torture yourself in nightmare mode on that game, you get the motion tracker, like from the aliens movie. But in nightmare mode it glitches out on occasion so sometimes the alien oh, doesn't show up like should or the screen will start glitching and making noises when it shouldn't like it's it's so extra creepy when you play it like that fucking fantastic game 100% worth it.
0: That yeah that that fucking game was it, it's so creepy like creepy is the best way to describe that game cuz it's not like scary it's just creepy and suspenseful.
1: Oh, so tense! Because well, they have a lot of scared, they have a lot of little things in the game to really ramp up the tension. So like, uh, there's a lot of like little mini games in it, which are bullshit if you're playing on your own. But when the aliens breathing down your neck, you're like, oh god, oh god, I can't fuck this up. You have to put in like a three digit passcode, or like just spin your your joystick around to to mimic uh, your your cutter cutting open like a a bypass valve or something. So you can open a door and the whole time that's happening, the alien could be right fucking behind you. And they did the extra dickish thing where every time you go to a save point, it counts down for four seconds and the alien can get you in that four seconds. So yeah, it's a, they added a lot of little things to make it just that extra tense and it's great. It's pretty good. Oh, so good. Well, now that I've rambled on about that, how about you, Tony? What's uh, what's your second place since I took the good one from you?
0: Okay, so I didn't rank mine in order. I just just picked a bunch of my favorites. Okay, so this one is one of the few games that I have played the entire game in one sitting. I literally played 14 straight hours of a video game. It is the Call of Cthulhu video game. Hey. Dude, have you played it? Oh, yeah. It's so good. So for those who were unaware somehow, Call of Cthulhu is HP Lovecraft, uh, big, big eldritch horror. And this game you play, what is the name of the investigator? Um,
1: Jack something. I don't yeah, remember
0: his last name. He's, he's a uh, World War One Edward Pierce. He's a World War One PI. Or a World War One veteran, private eye who's got some real bad PTSD. Oh,
1: so this is the question: Are you talking about the 2003 Call of Cthulhu, no, or the 2018 I am, Call I am of Cthulhu? I'm talking about the
0: 2018 Call of Cthulhu.
1: I played the 2003 Call of Cthulhu. That's what I was Ooh, thinking of. Okay, yeah. Which I'll, I guess I'll roll into that after you're done.
0: Yeah. So he's a private investigator and war veteran, and he, you keep getting nightmares, and you self-medicate with like sleeping pills and alcohol. And you're going out to, uh, it's a dark, yeah, Darkwater Island to investigate like missing persons and stuff like that. And this game is every bit as just creepy Lovecraft as you can imagine. Uh, as you're finding artifacts and things, you actually level up like an RPG. Uh, and you can get skills in occult and like strength and things, it's different ways to go about solving the game. And the more like occult skill you get and things you find, the crazier you go, and the more the game will just fuck with you like you'll see things you'll see into the other dimensions you'll see the elder gods uh there's one one i hesitate to call missions but there's one area in it where you're in like this rich dude's portrait gallery and the portraits are coming to life trying to kill you and you're trying to fucking find the correct like ritual knife to fucking destroy them uh and i didn't do much of the uh, the occult on my guy I went more of like the strength of the intelligence and stuff so my guy was just like grabbing knives at random and slashing paintings wildly and making it way way fucking
1: worse let me just get this butter knife
0: ah. Yeah, but the, the cool part about this is like at the end Uh, I guess spoiler alert on a five year old game there's a whole bunch of different endings depending on what you've done through the game and those endings can be everything from you stop the cultist from summoning a star god um you try and kill the star god which s- spoiler that that doesn't work goes uh, great yeah or you create the final sacrifice and basically become one of like his scions and let him loose on the earth it is fucking cool it's a beautiful game the atmosphere is great on it it's got a lot of those really creepy moments um you're going through, like, a, a, an insane asylum and in part of it, and you just keep, like, flipping back and forth through, I don't know, the upside down from Stranger Things is what it's really similar to. Huh. Where everything is, like, similar, but different and real fucking creepy. And it's another one of those games, like, I think the staple of most good horror games is you don't just have a shitload of bullets and bullets aren't your solution to things. Yeah, Like, you've got, you know, you've got your, like, revolver, but unless you're fighting a human or like a cultist it it, it doesn't really do much from things from beyond or imaginary horrors or actual fucking magic but uh, yeah so that one like 10 out of 10 solid recommendation on it
1: So a not 10 out of 10 recommendation is the 2003 Call of Cthulhu, which, uh, so it had a really troubled development, uh, bounce between producers and stuff, ended up landing with Bethesda, which, uh, that was kind of the beginning of the downfall of Bethesda, um, a ZeniMax corporation, um, so, like, it was it was mainly being produced for the PC, but then Bethesda was like, all right, for us to produce it, you have to make a console launch first. And that game was not built for consoles, and so it just completely fucked with their development cycle. Um, a lot of really good ideas in that game, but it's not very good. It becomes a bad action game by the end. However, you can pick it up for like a dollar on Steam or GOG and the first hour is exactly how Tony's describing with just like immaculate atmosphere because you go to the you go to Innsmouth like you're trying to find a missing yeah. person because you were also a private investigator. Surprise, it's almost yeah, it's, like H.P. Lovecraft has like three modes. <laughs> um, and the first hour of you asking these really creepy fucking fish people from Innsmouth about this this missing kid and them getting slowly more and more pissed off that you're in their town, and you're slowly getting, like, these weird psychic visions of, like, monsters looking down at you from the rooftops and stuff. Like, you yeah, know you're being that's stalked.
0: Yeah, that's this one as well.
1: Yeah, and it's just... The first hour is 100% worth purchasing the game for. After that, yeah, you, you put some time into it. It's not complete crap, but it's also not very good. So, but 2003 Cthulhu, one hour into it, totally good.
0: Yeah, but the 2018-2019 one, like, it's it's good um it's and that's really been out good. long enough
1: you could also get it for super cheap too i'm sure it's yeah. probably like 10 bucks on steam during a sale if that
0: yeah it uh so it actually didn't get great reviews it got usually like 6 out of 10s by most people because they thought the storytelling of the of the whole bit was confusing and muddy it's like have you have you never read anything by lovecraft like it it sticks pretty
1: well to his style huh it doesn't actually seem to be on Steam right now. What? Well, really? Yeah. The original one that I'm talking about is for $5 new. So, like I said, if you want to get it on sale for, like, a nickel, it's worth it just for that first hour. Yeah, I'm not seeing it anywhere. Hmm. There's 100,000 fucking Call of Cthulhu-based games, but not that one. Might yeah, be a rights issue or something. It's $20 on GOG. Well, GOG, there you go.
0: Yeah. So, GOG, you can get it for 20 bucks. Uh, it's called Cthulhu that's what it's called there
1: you go well all right. Uh, I guess we will go back to me then my next one I'm going to do a vibes game instead of a spoopy game so my first uh, vibes game is going to be Dead Space because I don't find Dead Space to be particularly scary it's kind of a haunted house ride of a game yeah because it's, it's it's an action horror game, meaning it's an action game with spooky elements. But these spooky elements elements are very well done. You're you're in a dying spaceship, because uh, we'll go back to the beginning of the game. So you're a engineer, uh, Isaac Clark. You were sent to uh, work on a derelict mining vessel that's uh, been sending out SOS signals because something fucked up. Haven't heard from them in a while, though, so your repair crew is out there to figure out what's going on. You, similar to my previous game, you get onto this ship, and uh, nobody's around. What the fuck's happening? But they pretty much immediately spoil the like tension of that by immediately attacking you with these horrifying zombified, the thing-esque monsters that attack you. And the rest of the game is just you trying to survive on the ship and defeating these more and more terrifying and gross and creepy monsters with more and more fun industrial mining equipment. You don't have, you have one actual gun in that game and it tends to be pretty shit and everything else is like industrial laser cutters and gravity beams and like flamethrowers throwers and projectile launchers and stuff and it's awesome it is such a good like rush of an action game with just a little bit of like jump scares and stuff and uh yeah i i just mainly appreciate it for the thing element that it has it's it's very gross and goopy and and creepy in that way and has really good one really good sequel and then one very crap sequel but has co-op so it could be kind of fun if you play with a friend but uh yeah, I can't quite go off as much about it as I did Alien Isolation, but the first game was really good and then the remake that came out last year was also really good. So, if yeah. you uh if you want to play one that's going to work on modern systems, play the remake. Uh it changes a few things from the original game, but on the whole it still holds up very well.
0: I played a little bit of the first Dead Space. It wasn't really my type of game, but like it was a good game. It just didn't push the buttons I needed it to push for me.
1: That's fair. It's um so when that game was being developed originally, uh oh eight was its launch, um Visceral Games, I believe, is the one who made it, uh, before EA ate them, as they do with good developers. It was originally supposed to be System Shock 3, like a sequel to one of the most beloved yeah, game series ever. That
0: was a great game.
1: It was supposed to be System Shock 3, but then uh, one that's probably going to come up from one of us later on, Resident Evil 4 came out, which uh, made like third-person horror action kind of a thing. And so they specifically pivoted to try and make their spooky space game more like Resident Evil 4, which on the whole works. But uh, yeah, it just kind of let it a very different, more action-oriented vibe, which, you know, it's still fun. It's still, oh, excuse me, still a very good game. But uh, I would have been very interested to see System Shock 3, which apparently is in works again. Who knows when that's going to come out? So Dead Space 4. Yeah. Or Dead Space 2, because they're rebooting it now, because Dead Space 3 was crap, and they didn't want to do another sequel? I don't know. Yeah, who nice. Alright, well, how about you? What's 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 next for you, Tony?
0: Uh, well, you know, one of my favorite movies of all time in this season is John Carpenter's The Thing, and that love hey. has also transitioned to the 2002 video game, The Thing. Did you ever hey. play that one?
1: I did not. Uh, okay. It's one that I've been meaning to see if I can, like, emulate on PC. I don't know if there was actually a PC port of it or not.
0: I don't know. It was an it was an original Xbox game, so it came out in yeah. September of two thousand two. It is actually endorsed by John Carpenter. He has a voiceover cameos in it. So oh, fun. Fun, fun fact. Uh, but basically, it is a sequel, kind of like how Isolation is a sequel to the Alien movie. Right. This is a sequel to The Thing, where you're playing uh, uh, Captain Blake, a member of a U.S. Special Forces team. So they've sent two Special Forces teams in to investigate what happened at the, the research facility. And so you're going through, and it is it is more of a shooter than like a, like a suspense game. Uh, you You have plenty of ammo. You can solve most of your problems with bullets. And there are some horde enemies in it. So you've got like uh I think they're called scuttlers which are like the little weak enemies which are really creepy because you know how, like in uh the thing the movie they're like cut off a dude's arm and then there's the fucking head and shit like that. Yeah. Those are scuttlers.
1: I'm I'm looking at screenshots right now. They kind of made them look kind of like the head crabs from Half-Life. Yeah, well I mean
0: yeah, the it, the graphics aren't great. It's an original Xbox
1: game. Yeah, original Xbox PS2, yeah. Yeah. So
0: it does have boss fights as well in it, but it's really cool because there's the, uh, it's like a fear trust meter thing you have with all the NPCs that you meet uh, because, you know, you get separated from your team and stuff like that. Cause Antarctica and blizzard and aliens. And as you're refinding people and stuff, they know the thing can infect people and so you're trying to build their trust and also hope that they're not infected and if they start to like not trust you if you start doing things that they don't deem trustworthy um like uh like breaking through certain windows or not listening to them when they're trying to warn you about stuff they will actually like go crazy and try and kill you believing you to be infected uh, and you can actually get test kits to test to see if people are infected or stuff. So that's... Oh, so y- that's so you, yeah. yeah. you can do the McCready test? You can, yeah, you can do the McCready test. Also, canonically, Child dies. He is a body that you find in this game. But not a thing. But not a thing. He is a human body. So McCready was the thing in my book. Oh. Because one of them had it with me.
1: Well... Fuck you, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now, They could have also both just been human and not trusted each other. Yeah, I mean, that, that was the point of the movie. That, yeah, that's also, entirely true. Uh, Apparently, there is no longer a port of it on the PC. There's no... You can't get it on GOG or Steam or anything, uh, but it is on myabandonware.com if you want to go through the rigmarole of downloading it. Yep. Also, okay, one yeah. of the screenshots on it is just the most ridiculous thing ever. I'm sending it to you, Tony, where yep, it okay. is a half a corpse hanging from a noose with your character looking at another guy who's just kind of blandly holding a gun against his head with a question mark above his head?
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. God, the graphics are way worse than I remember.
1: It just looks really silly where it's just kind of like, kill myself, (laughs) question mark? Y'all have to see if I can download that, though. That sounds fun. Uh, It's one of those ones... That I've always wanted to play, but just kind of never yeah. got around to. And it's, now it's, it's 21 years old.
0: <laughs> it's, it's oh my god, I can drink. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really fun, cool, good
1: game. Yeah, I'll have to bookmark Bear that. in
0: mind, it is a 21-year-old game.
1: You have to keep that um, in mind with a lot of my recommendations, too. Because yeah. as we go on, I'm going to recommend older and older shit.
0: So the other cool thing about it is it's it's a third-person game, and you can go into first-person. And you remember when you would go into first-person in GoldenEye, how you would use the joystick to look around and you couldn't move? Yeah. It's kind of the same thing in this. For some reason, as an elite Special Forces guy, when you aim down the side of your gun, you can only kind of, like, vaguely shuffle side to side.
1: Well, he skipped the training day for that. He was sick. Yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> it's so bad. Training day? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know if you're talking about The Thing for a second.
0: No, I, I mean, I also love that movie, but I will never say that movie was no, bad. No, that
1: movie's fantastic. Anybody who says otherwise is not a person to be hung out with.
0: Right. It is It is on my list of movies to watch this uh, this October.
1: Every year, and if somehow I yep. miss it, it, I watch it in January or February when it's cold. Yep, yep. Every
0: time it snows, it is the first movie I will watch.
1: And Then you cue on that John Carpenter bum-bum, dum-dum, bum-bum. Gotta get that... You gotta, that... Super simple baseline.
0: <laughs> well, you got to make sure you start with the, uh, the newer
1: thing first to no, really. <laughs> to, to watch the same movie, but worse. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, all right. What's, uh, what's your next one since you're going right. back in time?
1: Well, this one's not so, f- this one's actually technically further in time than the alien, the one that I just did. Now I'm looking at it, but this is one that, uh, I don't feel like has tons of people actually talking about it. So I will mention it here. We have Darkwood. Have you ever heard of this one, Tony? i've never heard of this all right this was developed by acid wizard studios which i'm pretty sure is polish judging by uh, all of the nigh unpronounceable names of the publishers and programmers and so forth in it fair, fair, um, fair. originally came out for uh, pc and mac back in 2017 but has since had a console port for every console uh, even PS5 and so forth. Um, this game takes place in 19. Nobody really knows. I think if you look far enough into some of the documents, it'll give you a specific date, but, uh, it's kind of like vague, maybe fifties, maybe eighties, who knows? There's no real definition to it. Uh, you start off as this guy who's just lost in a forest and you find like this creepy doctor who, immediately starts beating the shit out of you. Like he ties you up and beats the shit out of you to try and figure out how the fuck to get out of the forest because something is super wrong with these woods and nobody can leave them for some reason and then you eventually end up killing the guy and taking over his shack and getting the fuck out of there. Uh, but the entire game is just trying to figure out how the fuck you get out of the forest. It's this really creepy, super atmospheric top down survival game, but not survival in like, Oh, you need to get, you know, berries and stuff to survive. you got to watch your hunger meter and your water meter. No, you need to get nails and boards and things to make more boards and get you more nails because that when night comes, you got to fucking barricade your, Yourself in your house because something is out there and it is attacking you every night and it gets creepier and more and more supernatural and weird as time goes on uh, like the shadows will start freaking out certain nights and attacking you sometimes like horrible beasts will break in and you have to defend yourself like it's it's not consistent what it is you just know the forest is out to get you and there's some kind of malevolent force in it you don't know what it is it could be eldritch it could be like fairy tale like creepy weird supernatural shit like that it could be like some Soviet fucking like nuclear experiment gone wrong because you keep running into people and things in the game that have like vibes of all of these like uh, all the people you run into in the game who aren't trying to immediately kill you have like they don't have names they have titles like there's the wolf man which is a guy who wears a wolf head that's it. He's one of your best. He's one of your best traders in the game. He'll sell you an AK if you have enough money. Uh, you run into the chicken lady who will also give you stuff. You run into the bike man who will transfer your goods between safe houses when you find extra ones. Um, you'll eventually get a trader that wakes up every morning. You wake up, he's just standing at the foot of your bed, just ready to trade with you. It gets. Okay. It's really. It's really creepy and surreal and strange. And during the daytime, you're out trying to find gear. You're trying to get collect better weapons and stuff to trade for better gear. Uh, you do get guns in the game. Uh, you do get guns and stuff, but your guy is not trained with them in any way. So to get a shot off, you have to really hold down and aim for a long time to get a good shot. Because if you miss, you're fucked because those guns take a long time to reload. And you can't make bullets. You have to find or trade for them. So if you miss a shot, it means a lot. Combat is really fucking brutal with the melee like you can do uh, left click is a very uh, slow or a very fast attack and right click will do more of like a wind up like heavy attack that takes less stamina because you have to worry about your stamina and stuff. So if you're out of position in the game, you can get killed really fucking quickly. Um, It's just a very brutal game. With the top down and stuff, you have a very limited field of view, so you can kind of know like your general area that you're in, but you have a cone that you can see, so you have to actually turn your character to see what you're looking at the whole time, uh, so you can get snuck up on if you're not paying attention. Uh, Like Alien Isolation, really important with the audio cues to know if something's coming up on you, which can be, you know, creepy dogs, or some eldritch horrifying fucking slug monster if you went too far into the forest too late in the day. And so that's just the whole game is you trying to figure out how to get the fuck out of the forest. And eventually, if you're good, maybe you do. And then maybe weirder shit happens afterwards. I don't know. I won't spoil it. But it's really good, really fun indie game. Well, fun in quotes. Uh, Very terrifying because of the atmosphere. And because it's an indie game that's been out for a while, it's another one you could pick up for like five bucks on a sale. And I highly recommend it because it is very fucking spooky.
0: Well, my next one kind of ties into that because you were talking about creepy Soviet experiment monsters. And my next one is Metro 2033. One of my favorite games. Oh, it's so good. So it is a post-apocalyptic horror survival game. Uh, It takes place in somewhere outside of the, I guess it's all in Moscow.
1: The Moscow Metro.
0: Yeah, it's the Moscow Metro. For some reason, I was thinking the second one didn't take place in it, but it does.
1: It's the third one, because that's when you leave.
0: Okay, okay. I was like, at some point you got it. But yeah, anyway, it takes place in the metro tunnels of Moscow. So it is a nuclear winter above ground, and you play Arturum, a just Russian dude who grew up in the tunnels. Uh, As far as I'm aware, he never was actually outside of the tunnels. He lived his entire life in them.
1: Uh, there's flashbacks in the second one where you are a really little kid who are li- like okay. maybe like five and then the bombs fell. So like the majority of his life has been spent in the fucking Metro. Yeah. Uh,
0: the book is also very, very good.
1: Uh, I have the audiobook of it. I, I got like halfway yeah, through and I got sidetracked, but I need to re-listen to it.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's very good. But yeah, so it came out in 2010 and it's, it's another one of those games where like bullets legitimately are your currency. Yeah. Like, you can have cheap, shitty bullets, and your gun's gonna jam with them, and they're worth a little bit, but if you can get military-grade bullets, that's how you upgrade stuff. Uh, if you're a fan of the Fallout games, it definitely has that style vibe to it, with just a way, way kind of darker overtone to the
1: whole thing. Fallout, if like, it was serious.
0: Yeah, yeah, like, Fallout, you're like, oh, it's happy, it's fun, we're gonna survive. Let's Metro, turn on the radio. like... Listen yeah. to
1: some, some 1950s jams.
0: Whee. Metro, it's just like, this is a slow, soulless grind to the inevitable destruction of humanity, and there's nothing you can do about it.
1: It's very uh, Russian. You,
0: yeah, it's <laughs> extremely Russian. So you got onto the surface to kind of scavenge for goods, find things. Um, it's also a quicker way to travel. And in some cases, it's actually a safer way to travel, as there's basically like, wandering remnants of the Red Army who have taken over metro stations uh, that just won't let you through to get to other places. But in some of the tunnels and outside are these just super, super fucked monsters. Uh, Like super fast, creepy dog things. Uh, The first time I encountered the goddamn, the weird flying enemies in the first one, Andrew. The demons. Yeah, god damn, that was hard. Uh, And whenever you're on the surface... You have to have a gas mask on. So one of the big resource management is actually filters for your gas mask. And as you're taking damage, like your gas mask gets damaged and there's nothing worse than being like, I see where I have to go. And you're running and your breath is getting louder and you're getting tunnel vision and all the glass is cracked on your mask. And you're just fucking praying you can get into that lock in time and get down back below the surface. And it does that so well.
1: Oh, that's another one where the attention to details are really good too because yeah. you can get like a minor crack in your gas mask and mm-hmm. if you actually are paying attention you can press a button to slap a piece of duct tape over it so you're not yep. inhaling toxic fumes
0: yeah yeah but just like as as that filter starts to die and you're just like sucking fucking air and you're like I'm gonna die I'm gonna fucking die out here because I was too busy looking through some crates it's my own fucking fault
1: well, unlike most uh, spooky survival games, like you have a flashlight, but in this one, everything's falling apart because it's like forty years after the post-apocalypse. So you have to have a um, uh, a hand cranked generator so that you can recharge your flashlight. So sometimes you're in the middle of a fight and your flashlight goes out because you forgot to fucking recharge it beforehand, you idiot.
0: That's when you whip out your lighter and pistol and you're fighting by lighter light.
1: Yep, and it's always really <laughs> frantic.
0: Oh my god! Oh, and and your your menu and like your notes and shit are not a fucking menu you pull up. Like you whip out like a goddamn book and you're like flipping through it and shit.
1: Yeah, it's it's great. I love the atmosphere it's, of the Metro games. It really it's is just real good. F- really is just Fallout if it was taken more seriously and didn't have robots.
0: Yeah, it, well, it's uh, it's done by a bunch of the guys who worked on Stalker, Shadow of Chernobyl. Yes
1: which is another one. It was one of my honorable mentions, but we'll just go ahead and bring it up now. Stalker is also a very, like, creepy Soviet post-nuclear explosion bullshit, like, mutant, uh, sad survival game. (laughs) And uh, it's significantly jankier than Metro, but Call of Pripyat, which is the third sequel, or the second sequel, I guess, the third game, uh, mostly mitigated the worst of it. Also, totally worth checking out if you like Metro and that sort of style of game. Just... There's also a great
0: feeling in that game where even though it is really resource management, when you do get one of those rare opportunities where there's a turret with a box of ammo and you're just firing wildly into the horrors as they charge at you. And then that gun fucking overheats and you just panic.
1: Oh, it's so gratifying, though, when you mow down like thirty of them.
0: It really is. Oh, God, man, I need to I need to reinstall that. That's a great, it's great. fucking
1: game. I, I end up replaying through the first two, usually once every year or two. Uh, the third one's fun, but they they took a train out of the Metro and it lost yeah. a lot of the spooky vibes because you are you left Moscow, which is where the worst of the nuclear fallout was, and you get into the Russian countryside and it's like, oh, hey, this is livable. There's green. It's like, ah, it just lost all the vibes. It's, yeah. it's fun, but it's, it doesn't feel Metro.
0: Uh, if you've ever played Gears of War, there's the one mission where you're in the stupid truck with the light on it and uh it's oh, basically God. like yeah it's like pitch black and redic with the things chasing you. It kind of has that vibe to the game. Yeah. Where it's just everything is borderline panic.
1: Uh, I think it was the launch trailer for the second game where it doesn't show any actual action. It just shows... It's like a snapshot where it's sh- it's it's scrolling through a tunnel as it's being attacked by mutants and it's yeah. really horrifying and it's super worth watching. And if you like that trailer, you'll like the game.
0: Yeah. It, it's probably... I would argue it might have the darkest atmosphere of the games we've talked about so far.
1: It's up there. No, like it's... It's, it's depressing. Like it really is. You kind of... Yeah. Like, there are occasional glimmers of hope, obviously. You play as, you know, the Superman of the Metros, essentially, because you're playing as you. You're, you you have a game to win, so clearly they're going to give you enough ammunition and stuff to do mm-hmm. it. And you can, you know, go forth and save your tunnel and so forth. But uh, it's still pretty dour. You do come across a lot of like, oh, that group of children was eaten by mutants like 20 minutes before I got here. Gross, weird, yeah. horrible, ugh. So, yeah, just be prepared for that sort of thing. That's that's a a common through thread for a significant portion of the games we're talking about tonight. It's they're a little dour.
0: Yeah, that's what makes them great.
1: But we're going to my next game, which is not dour, which is the uh, the Legacy of Cain series. This is going back into the Halloween vibes, Uh, specifically the original one, Blood Omen from 1996. Uh, This Ah. is just some peak Halloween bullshit. Yeah, it is. is everything in this game so you start off the game begins you play this dickhead nobleman named kane and he gets assassinated right off the bat like that's the beginning of the game you get to a tavern guys like taverns closed and you're like "Uh, but i'm rich i can give you money for ale and the guy's like nah fuck off and so you leave and then you just get fucking ganked by this this squad of bandits and no matter how many of them you kill you will you will always die i've Mm -hmm. played it several times to see if you could find a way through it it doesn't happen uh you go to hell because you're a dickhead nobleman. And then this necromancer comes up and he's like, Hey dude, you want you want revenge on all these people that killed you? And you go, Yeah, obviously. And then you come back as a fucking vampire named Cain, yeah. who is just the fucking namesake of the series. And there's like twelve games after this one, and they're all pretty rad. Uh and but you just Proceed to wreck the countryside and just kill the shit out of everybody, even the people who didn't kill you. Like it's it's just like a power fantasy game where you accrue more powers and get wackier bullshit as time goes on, to the point where you're just casting spells. Or every time you pick up a new spell. Kane will, uh, give you, uh, uh, an example of what it is where he's like, oh, this spell is the one where I, I siphon the moisture from a person's body to cause their body to collapse in on itself until it explodes. And you're like, that can't be right. And then he does it and you're like, oh fuck, that guy just fucking exploded. Uh, you can turn into a werewolf. You can turn into mist. You can turn into a fucking whirling dervish of death whenever you pick up the ax, which is hilarious because there's different weapons you can get in the game. It's, you fight all kinds of goofy enemies with ghosts and fucking slime monsters and werewolves and gypsies and other vampires and just it's it's just peak Halloween vibes the whole way through and it's so worth picking up. It's like five bucks on GOG. It was originally a PlayStation One game and it didn't actually come out on PC until like two years ago, but it is super fun. And then there's like, well, let's see, uh, five other games I think, because there's Blood Omen, Legacy of Cain, uh, Blood Omen Two and then Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver, and then Soul Reaver 2, and then Legacy of Kane uh, Defiance.
0: Legacy Defiance. Which is a really good yeah, one. So, that was
1: PS2, I think?
0: Uh, Yeah, I think so. That's the most recent one that's come out, and it was uh, 2003, oddly enough.
1: Yeah, it's a great series. I got, I got that... into
0: that series backwards because I started on the, here's the weird one, Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver on the Dreamcast. Oh, wow. Yeah, And, dude, that one's cool, because in that one, you play um, Raziel.
1: Who is a Soul Reaver.
0: Yeah, he's a Soul Reaver. Uh, But he he was just one of, like, Cain's lackeys. Uh, And he ascended before Cain and got wings. And Cain's like, fuck you. And, like, that cutscene at the beginning, he literally rips the bones out of your wings and kicks you into hell. And that's where you become a Soul Reaver, and you go back to get revenge to kill Cain.
1: Yeah. And as as the games go on, they just get wackier and wackier with shit like that. <laughs> <Wild>. <laughs> <laughs> so all of them are available on GOG. You could pick up all five of these games for like ten dollars total. So I uh, I highly recommend it if you just want some good fucking Halloween vibes. Because uh, well, they're not of scary. Soul
0: Reaver was uh, inspired by Shakespeare's plays and the hero's journey. Oh
1: well, what is? I mean, the hero's the journey hero's makes journey? perfect
0: sense. Yeah. <laughs> Oh god, this game, it looks so bad now. It looks like
1: Morrowind. These are our childhood games, too. I
0: own. know, but I remember it being beautiful, because the fucking... I guess all the pictures, like all the, the images I remember in my head were like the art images of it, which yep. are still whip-ass, but...
1: Yeah, I, uh, let's see, this came out when I was nine years old, the first Soul Reaver uh and the first legacy of kane came out when i was six so (laughs) yeah it's uh showing how old we are and how old these games are but that does not mean they are bad they're well worth visiting especially because they're cheap and fun
0: oh yeah so uh if if we're gonna do halloween vibes like games by vibe i i think i've got just the clear fucking winner
1: andrew probably i I have an idea of what it might be
0: what what do you think it is i'll tell you if you're right
1: is it castlevania
0: Oh, no, I actually wasn't thinking that at all.
1: Because that might be the peak of Halloween vibes. I was thinking Doom. Doom is pretty good, too.
0: (laughs) Doom is pretty good, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know how much we really need to say about Doom. You're the Doom guy. You're a Marine who fights on Mars and fights demons and goes to hell. And that's Doom. It's the ultimate shooter. It's like one of the first real true blue shooters. You're just running around. Its soundtrack is just blatant ripoffs of old Metallica and, oh, you, and Slayer, like, yeah. And Slayer, yeah. And uh demons are afraid of you. Like you have a reputation. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the first game, you, you go into hell, you kill the shit out of demons, and then the second game, they come to Earth, and then you kill the shit out of demons, and then Doom 64, you go back to hell, kill the shit out of demons, close the portal behind you, and then Doom 2016 happens, where apparently you've just been kicking the shit out of demons for like 200 years in hell or something, and then you come yeah. back to Mars and do it again.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Doom Eternal, like, it's, uh. it's great
1: so good i fucking 2016 and eternal are some of my favorite shooters of all time where i i love the idea of being the powerful badass to the point where all of hell is scared of you like yeah if if you look into the um like the the journals and stuff you can find in the hell parts apparently doom guy killed like 65 percent of the demons of hell on (laughs) his own so there's a reason they're terrified of you and it's hilarious i love it
0: well, in the intro to Doom Eternal, like, it's the, the three warlock dudes or whatever that are immortal, and you literally just rip one of their heads off. You're like, you're not so fucking immortal.
1: Yeah, and they're like, we're protected, like, <laughs> and then you throw the guy's head in their foot, feet and they just go, oh shit, and teleport away.
0: <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I'll still, I have the original one for, my, for uh, the Xbox, and I'll still occasionally boot that up and just there's few things better than doing just one one and just fucking listening to the music and just (laughs) just
1: just running through and murdering shit e1m1 is such a fun level um yeah no it's for for younger listeners it's Hard to stress how fucking important the original Doom was. Like, it really for, is. For a very long time, if you released a first person shooter, it was called a Doom clone. It was not called a first person shooter. Like, Doom was the game for about mm, seven or eight years until yeah. Half Life came out. It took a game like Half Life to go, okay, we can do things other than Doom now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and, like, it was a first-person shooter, but you didn't even aim in the first Doom. Like, you could not move your gun up, down, left, or right. You shot directly in front of you on screen. It didn't matter if the enemy was, like, above you and to the left. If you fired in that direction, you were hitting them.
1: Because this was before proper mouse look, so you were you were mm-hmm. just using a keyboard the whole time. Yeah. And DOS. Oh, man. Booting up yeah. DOS. That's bringing and Doom will
0: play on anything.
1: Doom will. Like they've got it has... to run
0: on graphing calculators. Like somebody recreated it in Minecraft.
1: Oh yeah, no, like because you can you can make an actual computer in Minecraft, and all you needs what four megabytes to be able to run Doom. So <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's, it's amazing too how relatively simple and super fucking fun that game is. Like I will boot it up once a year or so and completely play through the whole thing in a sitting or two. Still great. Still holds up. Just a good goddamn game.
0: Sorry, I'm trying to find what the lowest processing thing that can play Doom is. Potato
1: with an LCD screen plugged into it. Uh, they've used they've
0: used the power of a potato through a Raspberry Pi
1: before. It's not a shock. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm not, not surprised in the slightest. But yeah, the Doom franchise as a whole, fantastic. Go back and replay all of them. Even Doom 64, which is kind of the black sheep of the family, uh, that's still a good one. Doom 3, which is the extra black sheep of the family, not great, but not bad either. It's It's worth playing at least once. That's the one where they were like, oh, let's try and make it scary, which means we don't have lights. <laughs> like everything's in pitch black, therefore scary.
0: One toaster alone lacks the number of inputs needed to play the game properly. So by the end of the particular gaming experiment, a set of three toasters are being used to provide enough inputs to slay demons effectively.
1: <laughs> hey Hun, hey. I need to make toast. Sorry, hun, I'm 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 playing Doom right now. I can't I don't even know this works. I don't either. Oh, they've run it on an ATM. Not shocking.
0: Uh, a card reader. Okay. Uh, an office phone, like a telecom office phone. A digital camera from 1998.
1: I mean, oh, 1998, no, here... that's that's five years after Doom came out. <laughs> Clearly they had enough memory.
0: No, here's the winner. Uh, a dude was able to play it on his Porsche 911 with the steering wheel. Pfft,
1: that's great. <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow yeah doom the ultimate test
1: yeah if you like video games thank john carmack because that guy is a programming wizard who might be from a different dimension i'm not super sure like half of the reason video games work these days is because of that guy's programming like he he is some kind of wunderkind when it comes to programming like so much shit is based off the stuff that he did with doom so like again from multiple levels doom is super super important Mm -hmm. ah but in the doom vein but not, maybe maybe as good, maybe maybe even a little better. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go with another spooky shooter, which is Blood. Have you ever played Blood, Tony? Uh, I have not, actually. 1997 came out on the Build Engine, which is the engine that uh, Duke Nukem 3D came out on. So this nice. game, set in 1930, very, like, gothic horror vibes. Uh, you play as this dude named Caleb, who is a worshiper of the god Chernabog who is betrayed by Chernabog in the first cutscene, which, oh boy, if you want to look at some bad graphics, watch the cutscenes from this game. They are hilariously inept. But that's okay, because the game itself is amazing. Uh, Turnabog kills you, and you're so fucking angry about it that you come back to life and just continue to kill your way through his entire legion of cultists and zombies and other horrifying dark minions. And it is such a good shooter. It's amazing. Possibly one of the best double-barrel shotguns in video games. Only behind, probably, the super shotgun from Tomb 2. Uh, The dynamite in this game is one of the most gratifying weapons to use in video games, I would say. Really good weapon variety, really good monster variety, uh, really good map variety, very based on just like cheesy, uh, 80s horror movies. A lot of very like Friday the 13th kind of vibes to it, to the point where there is a Camp Crystal Lake that you go to. They, it was very tongue in cheek, the whole thing. Uh, there's a, um, I forget the name of the map, but there's one that's blatantly the, uh, Overlook Hotel from The Shining that you're in the whole time. You, you, if you look hard enough in the, um, the maze you can actually find jack torrance's frozen body in it it is a fantastic shooter like i would de- i would honestly put it on par with the original doom and doom 2 in terms of shooters
0: this is 100 looking at it a doom clone
1: but it's not because it's on the build engine so it actually controls very differently you can look up and oh. down
0: Ah, okay. Yeah, but like if looking at a screenshot, like I'm getting 100% Doom and
1: Hexen vibes. Did you ever play Hexen? Yes, which is a fantasy game based on the Doom engine.
0: Yes, yeah, exactly. It is fantasy Doom.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's, this is one of those ones that back in the day they would have called a Doom clone, even though it, technically isn't but uh no it's really fun um blood fresh supply is the uh the most recent update done by Night Dive studios to make it playable on modern consoles highly recommend picking it up super fun don't play blood 2 it is a steaming pile of shit it was rushed in development and it's fucking awful this game is from monolith which is actually the studio that made another one of my favorite shooters which is fear which is not a scary game even fear though it's called good. that yeah not a scary game but it's a fucking awesome shooter which they tried to do uh they tried to replicate john woo movies that was like the entire mo so it's everything explodes and catches on fire and shoots sparks and stuff and it's great but it's a fantastic shooter um but no blood great fear great blood too terrible i think they got out by they got bought out by warner brothers if i remember correctly they're the guys who actually ended up doing the um shadow of mordor game do you remember that one yeah they were okay yeah, like the first one was fine. I, I didn't love the second one. But uh, yeah, they, they got they got put into the Lord of the Rings mind, so they can't be creative anymore. Pretty sure they also did Shogo, which was a really terrible game based on the anime back in like 98, I want to say. Shogo video game. Yep, that was Monolith. That was also a terrible one. So they have a fun gap between blood and then fear. But those two games are totally worth playing. Both are tangentially scary. This one's not actually like scary. It's just another Halloween vibes game, but I highly recommend it. Super fun. Yeah,
0: I'll have to check that one out for sure. Oh, love it. So my next one is a game that I know you're actually not a fan of, but I thought was a really, really good game. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Alan Wake.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can go off on that one. I don't like it. <laughs> so, I,
0: I didn't actually play Alan Wake. Uh, Ash played it and i watched most of her playthrough of the game and i thought it was really interesting uh basically premise of the game it's um what is it 2010 is when it was released for the 360 Give Windows? Or take yeah so it came it came out in 2010 uh for the xbox and then they released a remastered version of it in 2012 for the xbox 1 and playstation 4 and 5 you play as alan wake who is like I mean, he he's Stephen king he's like a, he's a thriller writer and his wife has vanished in the in in a town called Bright Falls and as you're going through it's literally playing through his novel so like he's realizing that he's playing through a book that he wrote even though he doesn't remember writing it it's just really creepy I think you have I think you get a six shooter at one point, but it's it's another one of those your flashlight is your weapon, you use it to blind things, and you're trying to escape the things. Uh I I don't want to give a lot away about it because it is just it is a game of a bunch of twist and like <laughs> moments. But if uh if you like thriller novels and like mystery novels, this is a solid game for you. The controls are clunky as fuck. I'm gonna go ahead and throw that out there. The controls are clunky as fuck.
1: Yeah, uh I will say the game gets a little repetitive, but uh since uh this is one of your one of your fun games, I'm not gonna shit on it. I will uh recommend that the viewer, sorry, the listener picks it up and tries it on their own.
0: Yeah, uh like I said, I I did not play it. I watched Ash play it.
1: I know there's a so huge I, fan I base for the game.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, so if I played it, I might have a different, like, a different thing of it. And I also watched it, like, the second or third time she played it through. Because she fucking loved that game.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely the minority. Most people do yeah. tend to really like that game. It just did not, it did not gel with me.
0: It's, it, it's a story. It is a story game.
1: Yeah, and I guess if you don't care for the story, then you don't care for the bit. So there you go. Uh, what else you got? Oh well, okay, uh, one that's not actually made to be a horror game, but I think is one of the scariest games I've ever played. uh, you're probably gonna laugh at me, Subnautica. you ever played this the
0: game can it, it's kind of like uh the forest, yeah, and the fact that it can get fucking terrifying.
1: Yeah, so Subnautica, you're a dude on a spaceship that crash lands. You eject in one of the life pods. Uh, It's like a big cruise ship or something. You eject in one of the life pods. It's got like a 3D printer device in it where if you get shit, you can put it into a 3D printer device so you can make you stuff to survive. Unfortunately, space law says that you can't 3D print guns, apparently. So you have to survive as best you can by just like building forts and stuff. You can't 3D print gunpowder, Andrew yeah but you can get sulfur from the little explody fish things that are pretty yeah. close to your base so you start off in a really nice shallow area it's very tropical it's very pleasant and you're like okay this isn't that scary there's occasionally some like shark-esque aliens that you run into but I can deal with them with my like pocket knife it's fine I can avoid them whatever you eventually end up going into deeper water it's a little scarier but it's like you know there's like again the shark things and there's some weird like giant crabs and stuff but it's not that bad but then <laughs> you go back to the crashed spaceship for the first time and the water is radioactive and it's a little murky you've built your first submersible so you're like okay this is going fine I'm, I'm going up the tech tree i need to get some better stuff from the big spaceship and then you hear like this roaring noise and you're like what the fuck when you got very low visibility, maybe out to like 10 feet at best, you turn your submersible around and then this fucking hell demon face just slams into your sub. This is the first time you encounter the Reaper Leviathan and you shit your pants and turn off the game for the night. (laughs) Like that is, I'm I'm genuinely not a scaredy cat. Like it takes a lot to frighten me in a game. That for the first time might've been the most effective jump scare that's ever worked on me in a video game. (laughs) See?
0: unfortunately i already knew about that before i got to it so i knew to be on the lookout for it
1: i did not and uh i was like what is that noise what's going on bang oh my god (laughs) like i hit the pause button and i just exited the game and i did not play it again for like three days (laughs) and it gets worse because there's there are there's like dark depths water like you're going into like mariana's trench and there's bigger and scarier fucking fish the further down you get and it's if you have um what is it or whatever like fear of deep water this is not the game for you this is it. it's very creepy because water yeah. is like the most powerless place a human can be other than space which is kind of like water in video games anyway so whatever so yeah it's uh it's not a horror game but it's got some fucking horror elements let me tell you <laughs> yeah
0: it really does it is it is creepy but it's a good game like Great it's, game it's it's fancy minecraft
1: highly recommend it very good game Mm -hmm. just you know be ready going into it knowing that there are some big scary fish in there uh when was that that was 2018 by unknown worlds entertainment and it's another one that's been out long enough that you can pick it up for like five bucks on sale
0: is that really when i thought they came
1: out before that uh it had a pretty long early access campaign if i remember correctly maybe that's what i'm thinking But yeah, another one, Windows, Mac, all of the consoles, there's been ports of it. You can play it on the fucking Switch now at this point.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, January 23rd, 2018. I guess it was because it was the beginning of 2018.
1: Yeah, feels like fucking 20 years ago. Ah, okay. Ha, the early access was
0: December 2014. That'll do it. That's why I feel like that game was a
1: lot older than that. Because it really was almost a decade ago. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, I've got a, I got a couple more I can whip off. We'll get to it. So uh, one of mine is one of my favorite games, and you want to talk about it. It's got real real um, Legacy of cane vibes to it. Did you ever play any of the old White Wolf RPGs? I did not. Okay, so there was, you know, you had Werewolf and you had Vampire and you had Warlock. Those were all like, oh, the magic and, you know, vampires and werewolves. Then you had another one called Hunter. Which is the thing, like, it's humans that hunt those guys. And in, I believe it was 2002, yes, in 2002, High Voltage Software released Hunter the Reckoning, the hack and slash game. I remember that game. (laughs) That game is so fucking fun. It was a four-player gauntlet-style hack and slash that was creepy as shit like one of the fucking levels you're in a kid's nightmare and the boss is a giant fucking teddy bear that literally if it grabs you rips you in fucking half gross yeah dude there were uh there were a couple different characters you could play and like all of us had our favorite characters i used judge was the guy's name he was a crazy crazy preacher man who had a silvered long sword that's hilt was a crucifix and a crossbow. You had, uh, I believe the dude's name was Avenger, who was a biker dude who had a sawed off shotgun and a um, uh, an axe made of like a hubcap. There was, uh, I think her name was Defender. She was a cop who used, I think it was a, kat- uh, a katana and a pistol. And then you had Martyr, who used, like, dual knives and dual pistols. And they all had, like, special abilities and stuff like that. Like, uh, Martyr, she basically went kamikaze mode, hence the name Martyr, and would do a shitload of damage, but take a bunch of damage. Um, Avengers' power was he basically could just, like, shoulder through a bunch of stuff. Judge's power was literally the power of Christ compels you, and it was, like, fucking cone of cold. He just shot holy light out and just insta killed things in front of him. But that that game was so much fun, dude. Like I love it. If if I can find it again, I will buy it one hundred percent. But yeah, you're just it's just it's not a long game. It might have eight or ten levels, if that.
1: Uh, Let's see. Is there a way to get it these days without just downloading it? I think you might be able to download it on the Xbox.
0: Ooh. Uh, there was also Hunter of the Reckoning Redemption, which was the sequel to it, which was also good. It wasn't as good, but it was still
1: good. Yeah, I think you oh, can get there this... was another
0: one called Wayward.
1: I don't know. I think that. this is. I think it's backwards compatible on Xbox, so you can download it.
0: Okay, I hope so.
1: So if you want to yeah, play like, it again, it's fifteen bucks. I
0: fucking sold. I have a hard copy of the disc of Hunter of the Reckoning and Hunter of the Reckoning Redeemer. Nice. Yeah, the Ashcroft Penitentiary. Yeah. So. One year before the events of the game, four people are present at the execution by electric chair of serial killer Nathan Arkaday at the Ashcroft, Ashcroft Penitentiary. As the switch was thrown, the souls of the dead who suffered at the hands of the prison's warden and a supernatural staff rose up in vengeful rage, driven by evil to extract their visit, vengeance upon the residents of
1: Ashcroft. Kind
0: of so, sounds like I the guess, suffering,
1: but less terrible.
0: Yeah, uh, but dude, it's it's real good.
1: Yeah, I remember playing a demo for it when I was a kid, but I never actually properly yeah, played. Yeah, uh, it was
0: it was uh, that's how I first found it. it was one of the demo discs in Xbox Magazine. That was it, and, and me and Wes played it and were like, "Oh fuck, we gotta get this game."
1: It's one of those ones that, like, I would definitely have rented as a kid. Oh yeah, never got around to it though.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was it was Fusion Frenzy meets Gauntlet.
1: Ah, oh, Fusion Frenzy. Oh, we can't get off. We can't get off on that topic.
0: <laughs> no, no. That's an episode on oh, the glory of that fucking game. Just
1: old games from the original Xbox Fusion and PS2. Fusion
0: Frenzy! That
1: was one that we never owned, but we had a demo disc with it on it, and me and my siblings would play it all the time Number back when we got four, the original Xbox. The
0: four fucking uh, mission or games, whatever you want to call them, events yeah. on that one. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah. It came with my original
1: Xbox, so... We played a lot of that. Continuing the Tony and Andrew are getting older every year trend. You're uh, right. Yeah, all right. You got any more? Um, Yeah, we'll go with my last proper good one, I think, which we did mention earlier, which is Resident Evil 4. Yeah,
0: I had Resident Evil 2 on my
1: Resident Evil franchise as a whole, I guess we yeah. could call this, but like 4 in particular, I really enjoy because it is... Uh, it's it's campy and cheesy and goofy. Like there are a lot of very like gross horrific elements about it. You know, getting chainsawed in half and all kinds of horrible death scenes and gross stuff happening to civilians and stuff like that. But like, also you get Leon saying, "Where'd everybody go?" Bingo. You know, like it's it's such yeah. like weird cheesy one-liners where it's it's horror action filtered through a Japanese understanding of English movies. Like it's it's very funny in that way. Just, the, oh, God, the one-liners are so worth it. But uh, the original game absolutely holds up. I, I fucking love it. Uh, 05, originally released for the GameCube from Capcom uh ended Jesus, up getting a, i didn't
0: realize that game was that old
1: yeah ended up getting a port to everything possible like i i have it on the pc the xbox the switch like it's it's got a port for everything and i buy it on everything i own because it's such a good game uh got a re-release or a remake last year which was also very solid added a bunch of things that i didn't necessarily love but on the whole the game is really good same thing with resident evil 2 and resident mm-hmm. evil one and resident evil 3 yeah like all of them have had re-releases at, at this point yeah Three's not that good as far as like Nemesis. That that was not a very good re-release. I felt, but two was really solid. That was a very good remake.
0: Yeah. So two and four though are very like different styled
1: games. Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: Like uh, four Talking is about the more of yeah. like yeah yeah. Four is more of like your it's you know solutions through shooting sort of games.
1: Yeah, there were still weird puzzles and stuff in it, but nothing on on the same trajectory as the previous Resident Evils, where like half the game was a puzzle game and then there were zombies.
0: And if I'm not mistaken, you could save at any point in time in Resident Evil Four,
1: correct? No, you still had to run into um, to typewriters. You just didn't have to deal with typewriter ribbon anymore.
0: Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. In Resident Evil Two, you to save your game, you had to find typewriter ribbon. And use it on a typewriter. So saving was a finite resource in a horror
1: game. Yeah, which is uh, real tense when you're like nine or whenever that game came out. That game
0: came out in 1998. I was 10 years old. I was eight.
1: Yeah. right.
0: The Resident Evil franchise as a whole, with the exception of the movies, were pretty solid.
1: Yeah, it does. It comes in waves. Like you get a couple mm-hmm. of good games and then it goes fucking nosedive and then they do a soft reboot and then it does the same thing where it's a couple good games and then it nosedives. <laughs> like it's very interesting, but, um, Resident Evil 4 is, it's kind of like Doom, not on quite the same level as Doom, but, uh. Like, the the over-the-shoulder camera with first-person or third-person shooting was not really a thing at that point. Like, Resident Evil 4 was one of the first games to do it. So, it's super influential in that regard. Yeah. Like, without, without Resident Evil 4, we wouldn't have gotten Gears of War, Last of Us, Dead Space. Like, any of those other cover-based shooters that were crazy popular after its launch yeah. until, like, 2015, 2016. Like, that was, that it essentially made a genre of shooter. Um, which, of course, got more and more refined as newer newer games come out, because uh, this one does still have pretty chunky tank-like controls, but uh, it's still really fun. It holds up very well. Highly recommend trying out the original before you try the remake, which uh, both are still very good, so don't, don't get me wrong, but uh, the first one is well worth doing.
0: Yeah, I mean, th- 3 was the weak one.
1: Yeah, yeah, like three. The original PlayStation one was fun because there was some they had some interesting branching choice options where you could like take different paths depending on what you chose, which they just yeah, completely the, nixed in the remake.
0: Yeah, uh, one and two were really good for their puzzle solving. Yeah, like you had to really solve puzzles and explore to figure out how to get through things, and uh, the depending on which character you were playing as, um, it had different storylines for each of them.
1: Yeah, which uh, a lot of the other Resident Evils also did. Like, um, yeah. Resident Evil 2, you could play as uh, Leon uh, Claire or Claire or
0: Leon, yeah. And then 3, 3 was just Jill, wasn't it? Or was it
1: Jill and Leon? As far as I'm aware, it was just Jill. Where was uh, it?
0: Couldn't you do Wesker in one of them?
1: Uh, I know in Resident Evil 4, they had Ada as one of the side characters. Yeah. And there was a lot of Wesker stuff in that. And then they also introduced the Mercenaries game type where you could play as Wesker and Krauser and all those guys.
0: Yeah, I thought you could play as Wesker as a character. Not sure.
1: Huh. Dumb fact I just learned. The voice actress for Ashley in Resident Evil 4 is the same voice actress that does Sandy Cheeks the Squirrel in SpongeBob.
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go.
1: Uh,
0: Okay, he's a playable character in Resident Evil The Umbrella Chronicles.
1: Ooh, that was a dog shit game.
0: I didn't play it.
1: Don't. It's really bad.
0: So I I have played the original one, its remake that I think was on Nintendo sixty four, um yeah Resident Evil two, uh, I played a little bit of three and then I did four and not much of five.
1: Five had really fun co op but was a very bad yes. game. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a touch on the racist side. You know, you get uh, you know a, a game set in Africa from uh, notoriously woke country Japan <laughs> and uh, yeah. you know. They, they they had some backlash in the trailers when they're like, ooh, you're only killing black people, maybe that's not great. And they're like, All right, we'll throw some white people in there. And then you get to act three in that game and you're killing Bushmen that are clicking at you and you're like, Oh, Japan <laughs> swinging <and> a miss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh mm. it's it's not a good game, but it is fun in co op.
0: Yeah. I've I've got one more, I think, that that's a pretty pretty big one for me. Okay. Uh in State of Decay that franchise there's only two of them but it's a it's a zombie game and you can't you can't talk horror games without zombie games like it's a Halloween oh, game it is oh my god and there's also Dead
1: Island oh yeah for talking zombie games there's also Last I forgot of Us all, like said
0: yeah I forgot all about Dead Island but anyways there's,
1: there's zombie games for days we can throw a rock yeah. and hit a zombie game
0: yeah you know I'm gonna I'm gonna change mine to Dead Island because that was more influential on my game than my game playing than State of Decay was, which is also there good. Go. Uh, Dead Island is a game where you play one of I think there's six total survivors uh, in like a fucking island resort when the zombies hit, and it is goofy as fuck. Like you're killing zombies with like boogie boards and shit, crafting bizarre weapon recipes. Um, oh. Man, there was another game that was similar to that that I can't think of the name of. Dead Rising. Dead Rising, yes. It was like Dead Rising. God, there's so many zombie games. But yeah, just Dead Island. It's a beautiful atmosphere, a beautiful game. Um, There's uh, one of the characters is a rapper whose hit song is Who Do You Voodoo Bitch? Which is actually a great song. It's hilarious to hear it over and over again. But it's a a game full... Yes, it really is. But so that game came out the same day as Space Marine, the original Space Marine game. Oh, yeah. And the Space Marine game was a better game at launch, but Dead Island became a better game in the long run once they fixed (laughs) things on it. Uh, But yeah, you're you're just, you know, you're not solving the puzzle of like, oh, what calls the zombies? You're like, "Mm, how the fuck do I get off this zombie infested island so you're going around, you find other survivors and stuff like that, in your traditional zombie style. But you're you're just you're just killing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of zombies. Imagine being on a popular resort in the middle of summer, and everyone but you and a handful of other people become zombies. That's how many zombies are on that game.
1: Uh, that I I did really like that game until you got to the part where it was just slums and sewers for like two acts. But uh, that okay intro. Yeah. The yeah. intro where you're just on the, the, the resort is awesome.
0: Yes. Yeah, the The city was really rough on that because if if you weren't on your guard 100% of the time, it was a fucking nightmare. And if you don't have very good, like, directional skills, <laughs> you can get very lost in that city.
1: What was the parkour zombie game that came out not too long ago? Um, dying light dying light that was very dead island but with way better movement
0: yeah well yeah dying light was if you could do parkour dead island was you and me stuck on an island resort
1: yeah which uh Man, Dino Light had that thing that I fucking hate in video games where you are like a combat god loaded to the fucking tits with grenades and guns and stuff. And then the bad guy in the game, like, you know, somehow manages to sneak up on you and bonk you on the back of the head. And it's like, ha I have captured you. You have no recourse all of a sudden. And it's like, yeah. Man, fuck you far cry is really bad about yeah. doing that too
0: yes far cry is very bad about doing. speaking
1: that. of zombie games uh nothing to do with far cry but maybe think about it red dead redemption the uh undead nightmare oh, dlc
0: yeah.
1: oh that was so much fun where you had to fight the actual fucking like horsemen of the apocalypse and shit <laughs> uh
0: and call of duty zombies yeah so yeah i think i think those are the the key ones for us do you want to throw just some honorable mentions out there
1: yeah, we got some good ones. Uh, mentioned it previously, System Shock 2, which is a uh, sci-fi horror. Really good atmospheric game, uh, similar to previous ones we'd already mentioned. Uh, alien Isolation took massive inspiration from this game, as did like most video games after the year 2000 for a while. Just really creepy atmosphere. You alone on this ship that's taken over by this horrifying uh, hive mind intelligence alien that's also corrupted the ship's AI and you're just trying to survive on it. Really Really good, really creepy atmosphere you know it's 1999 so super chunky graphics of course but well worth picking up on GOG like I said with most of the older stuff mm-hmm. uh in a similar vein Bioshock which is a blatant yes. rip from System Shock because it was all both done were done by Ken Levine who originally worked on the Thief games back in the day but um, so yeah the
0: original Thief games were
1: so good also kind of creepy like there's some really spooky yeah. scenes in the first Thief where you're like going through the zombie infested crypts and stuff like that but Very uh true. yeah so he's a uh, he's he's definitely got his wheelhouse where you get a really creepy introduction to this weird dystopian area and then eventually you get enough powers and guns that it doesn't matter anymore but the intro to Bioshock also super fucking creepy yeah it's it's just sunken horrifying underwater uh ayn rand city instead of spaceships (laughs) other than bioshock the only other one i got really is castlevania like i said if if similar to the original legacy of Kane games if you just want just you know oops all halloween it's got everything possible werewolves medusas zombies skeletons dracula's just Whips, chains, fucking Hellraiser shit, just anything you'd want. It is is—it is a grab bag of Halloween vibes, and I like it a lot. And then the last one, which is similar to Blood, I would say, which is Dusk, which is a shooter that came out in 2018 on the uh, Windows and has since been ported to most other stuff. No, oh, no, actually it's only been ported to Switch, which is a weird oh, choice. Weird. Yeah, you think it go, go to Xbox and PS4 or sorry PS5. I forgot we had another generation. Fuck. Very similar vibes like, you know, early 1930s uh kind of vibes, um cult type stuff, creepy monsters, Wendigos or monsters that you fight in it and stuff. Really fun <laughs> shooter, uh really really excellent uh Quake style mechanics in this one. So highly recommended if you liked Quake. Yeah, that's pretty much all I've got off the top of my head. I'm sure I could go off on more and more, but you know, we're already running a smidge long for our shorter episode. Yeah. So uh <laughs> how about you? What what honorable mentions do you have?
0: I, I got I got two of them really. One of them I'm surprised you didn't touch on because I figured it would be right up your alley. Silent Hill. I've actually never
1: played a Silent Hill.
0: Really? Yeah, uh, I never I, played... well, I didn't
1: grow up loading a PlayStation. That's fair. And the only other time I ever played a Silent Hill was the Silent Hill 4 uh demo for the Xbox.
0: Gotcha. So, uh, a buddy of mine had a PlayStation, so I played a little bit of Silent Hill 2 with him, and boy, that's a creepy goddamn game right there. Uh, It's another one of those solve puzzles, solve the mystery sort of games. Enemies are scary. If you don't know what it is, look up Pyramid Head.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Controls are real fucking bad, but that actually adds to the atmosphere because it's it's really horrifying to not be able to quickly aim and shoot at stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, And then my other one is just an absolute classic game that I know I put hundreds of hours into. I'm sure you did as well. Left for Dead.
1: Oh yes, yes, that is a uh, it, zombie shooter four player
0: co-op zombie shooter. Uh, if you've played Dark Tide or Vermintide or Back for Blood, same thing, different skins.
1: Yep, they just came from Left for Dead.
0: Yeah, uh, but that's that's a great one. It's super fun to get with four of your buddies, and it's probably got one of the creepiest levels ever with the goddamn
1: cornfields. Oh my god! Right. The one where the uh, I think it's called Heavy Rain, where it's actually raining and yes. like you have to wade through water and stuff. That one's also yeah. really creepy.
0: Uh, I, I do really like the mall one though because you just get you get Dawn of the Dead vibes from
1: it. Oh yeah, and then you get Alice talking about the fucking NASCAR driver and all that. Yeah. Oh man, just man a car. This is Jimmy Gibbs Jr. <laughs> God, I love that game. Yeah. How many hours do I have in that? Do I look okay? It's good. I, uh, most of my Left 4 Dead 2 playing was on my th- Xbox 360 with friends. According Same. to Steam, I only have 20.5 hours, probably closer to like 500 hours.
0: Yeah, mine, mine's probably pushing around the 350 to 400 hour mark yeah.
1: between that and Left 4 Dead 2. Mm. Oh, God. Left 4 Dead 1, I put so much time into back yeah. when it came out. Cool. Great game. Yeah. Oh and uh, so I'm it's sure if game. we wanted to keep muddling on, we could probably find more and more scary stuff. But... Oh, yeah.
0: But so those are our recommendations, you know, listen to them or don't. You're your own fucking person.
1: Did we miss any super obvious ones? Let us know. Probably. We probably did. Probably. I'm not going to play a fucking Fatal Frame game, but I'm sure it scares somebody else. Uh, Also, I
0: guess Last of Us. So there you go. Because someone's going to say it.
1: I love the first one. I don't care for the second one.
0: Never played either of them. Watch the show. It wasn't bad.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I've heard. I watched one episode and I was like, yeah, this is all right, but I'm one of those people who compares things really hard to whatever it's based on, so I just didn't want to do yeah. that to myself.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. So yeah, that is uh, the Dream Warrior spooktacular. <laughs> also, what an awful, awful fucking, I don't know, secondary title for a fucking Nightmare on Elm Street movie, the Dream Warrior, like. Come
1: on. That was back when New Line was just kind of flailing. <laughs> like Yeah. Cuz cuz uh Freddy was like the only franchise they had that was making money for a long time, so they were just pumping them out. And then they got Lord of the Rings. Oh
0: yeah. Let's which see, is what what year was that? Oh. Like
1: 89 I say, or something?
0: Yeah, I want to say it was like I'm not
1: sure. Well, few... 87. Oh, wow, 87. Yeah, I'm not a huge uh, Freddy or Friday the 13th fan, so... I I, I enjoyed the
0: original Friday the 13th. I have
1: have seen most of them once and forgotten most of them as well, so...
0: Oh man, if this was our fourth year, it could have been The Dream Master, which came out the
1: next year. Oh, what's the fourth Friday the 13th called? See, oh, five is The Dream Child. Ah, four is the final chapter we shouldn't call it that
0: <laughs> oh yeah uh we can do six for nightmare on elm street because six is the final nightmare but i know for a fact there's a seven which is new nightmare <laughs>
1: uh oh is there only seven there of them the spooktacular four or spooktacular f- what shit oh yeah oh, then you five. get freddie versus jason Spectacular five: A New Beginning. Spectacular six: Jason Lives. <laughs> Spectacular seven: New Blood. <laughs> Spectacular eight: Jason Takes Manhattan. It's great. I still can't wait for Spectacular Spooktacular X. Oh yeah, Spectacular in space.
0: Yeah, or whatever they do in the Fast and the Furious franchise. Oh, I should have done Spooktacular Three: Spooktacular Drift. Ah, uh, <laughs>
1: damn it! <laughs> Halloween Drifting.
0: Oh man, but yeah, so that about wraps it up for us. Uh Andrew, do you have any uh Halloweenish advice, any ghoulish advice to leave us on?
1: Oh, any ghoulish advice. Uh if you're carving a jack-o' lantern this year, make sure your knife is real sharp. You do not want that thing to get caught, because uh I have gashed my hand open before with a dull knife while ja- uh carving open a jack-o' lantern before. Not great. Don't recommend it.
0: Yeah, always on that note, a sharp knife is a safe knife. It will cut cleaner. And if you do actually cut yourself with it, it will hurt less and heal better. It's a good and killing. remember, ki- yes, and remember, kids, a falling knife has no handle. Do not try and catch a falling knife. Unless you will always ninja. grab the blade. You were not a ninja, dear listener.
1: You were not. Li- if you're listening to us, you probably are not trained in ninja. Right. All right.
0: As always, guys, thanks. Oh, you, you heard it here first. Sharp knife, <laughs> safe knife, jack-o'-lanterns. Once again, thanks everybody for listening.
1: Have a good night. Happy Halloween. Blah. Blah. And cue the spooky music.
0: Thank you once again for listening. You can always contact us at Dice like Ice podcast at gmail.com or find us on our Facebook or Instagram also under Dice Like Ice Podcast.